performance matters in business and in sports, right? Well, doesn't it? Um, hmm. Hey, friends, welcome to the Press Club C podcast. I'm Ray Keating. In this 58th episode, we're going to look at performance versus reputation. And since I'm an annoyed Minnesota Vikings fan right now, we're going to use Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer to explore this issue. But before getting into this, and my compl- including my complaining about the Vikings, uh, let's quickly answer that question once more. What the heck is the Press Club C, anyway? Each letter stands for stuff we talk about in various episodes. P is for politics. R is for religion, mainly Christianity. E is for economics. S is for sports. That second S is for stories, books and writing, my own books, other books, reviews, fiction, nonfiction, authors, and so on. C is for culture, pop culture and otherwise. L is for life, the big catch-all. U is for understanding, lessons in history, economics, so on. Uh, B is for business and entrepreneurship. And that last C in the press club, C is for conservative. Why? Because I am one. And of course, we have to really define ourselves clearly uh, when it comes to being a conservative these days. So I'm a Reagan, Kemp, Buckley, Coolidge, Lincoln, Madisonian kind of conservative. So let's get to the issue at hand here. Now, listen, I'm a numbers guy. I'm a person um, who subscribes to the idea of performance-based management when it comes to the workplace uh, and elsewhere, and including as a, as a sports fan. So what is performance-based management? It's pretty common sense. You know, there's a lot of things in, in business when you look at um, uh, business school and so a lot of common sense type stuff. So performance-based management is just a systematic way um, to approach performance, uh, an improvement in performance. So you, you, it's an ongoing process. You establish objectives, goals, uh, measures of performance. You collect and analyze, uh, whatever you can regarding actual performance. You review it or you report it, you analyze it, the data, all of it. And then you use that, uh, to drive improvement and to make decisions. So, that's basically performance-based management, right? Um, I like to put it, you know, put my own twist on this, if you will. Uh, and I call it, you know, my, I've always, hmm, in terms of my own career and when I have the opportunity to manage others, it's all about getting the job done. I really don't care, quite frankly, about the details all that much. Um, you know, what do I mean by that, though? Got to be careful, Right. Um, my point is it's work should not be, I mean, some work is, but when you're talking about, um, certain types of work, it's really not about the nine to five thing, right? Uh, instead it's about results. It's about performance. Um, of course, within that, you have to get things done the right way, right? Ethically, morally, um, you have an established culture in your organization, Um, All of those things, no cutting corners, no misleading people, no fraud, uh, no mistreating um, uh, employees. I've seen that um, from some folks over the years, and it's uh, it often can get quite disturbing, to say the least. But you don't want to mistreat your your people, right, that work for you, and you certainly don't want to mistreat your customers or your potential customers. 
Um, the ultimate performance-based management is dealt with or lived every day by entrepreneurs, right? Every day, really, is an exercise in performance-based management. Uh, it's pretty clear what the deal is. Are you succeeding or failing? Uh, and you have your measures in terms of sales and profits and revenues and so on. And um, and your you know consumers and customers will make it very clear whether you're performing the way you should be performing, right? Um, so anyway, the, so the bottom line is whether, you, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're a manager, even if you're doing your own career, make clear the measures of performance and then assess performance accordingly. That's how I would, you know, bare bones take on this, right? So, and I think this is how it generally works in the marketplace, when you're talking about, you know, the free market, free enterprise, where the consumer is the final judge and jury, consumer sovereignty reigns, um, you're going to have improved performance. So, so you're going to have, I think, solid measures of performance in general. But there are always exceptions, right? There are always things that that manage to make it through and, and leave us, many of us, bewildered. I mean, the exceptions... Exceptions in a whole host area, that's why you have the news, right? It's the exception. The news doesn't come out and say, hey, everything's fine today. Everything's normal, right? It's the weird things, the strange things, the unfortunate things. And it's the same thing in, in, in I guess, business. And um, also, since I was, I've was i been talking about bringing this back to Coach Mike Zimmer of the Minnesota Vikings, the head coach there, sports fan, other area as sports fans, there are bewildering and fascinating exceptions, right? Uh, sometimes those exceptions uh, to performance-based management, to performance-based uh, assessments, can be angering and annoying, right? Right. So they're not just fascinating, bewildered, but they can really be quite annoying. So you have, um, you know, you have examples of. Management where it's it's kind of that bewildering situation where someone manages to climb into a management position and seem the person seems to know nothing about customer service, how to treat and train employees, um, how to do personal interactions. We I think we've all probably seen <laughs> this person along the way. And we're bewildered and often frustrated by it. Um, there are also the employees that manage to do very little uh, in terms of their actual work, but they hang around and they keep getting paychecks, right? Maybe it's the nice guy, the good guy, the one that's everybody's buddy, right? So things are overlooked uh, in terms of uh, how the job is being done. And th these are all dangers when you stray away from essentially a performance-based management. Politics is rich in this, man. <laughs> um, and it's not just uh, the strange people that get elected, um, but also you have political consultants. I've always, this does fascinate me because I'm not a political consultant, so I, I don't get necessarily get angry about it. But there, uh, politics is filled with political consultants who have tremendous reputations, right? And this is what, you know, I go back to uh, when I go back to in this in this uh, in this episode, it's it's performance versus reputation sometimes, right? Um, 
you have people that have these tremendous reputations and they they're terrible. They they lose so many political races and you're like, why does this person have this reputation? It's just very it's bewildering. It's strange, but that seems to happen a lot in politics. Um and and often, you know, also in politics is just a general disconnect from reality in so many different ways um in terms of economics and foreign policy and decisions that are made that you just are completely bewildered. And it's hard, right, to, I think, to get a, sometimes a clear uh, measures of performance, although on the, the economy you can, right? Um, but in some other areas, uh, politics is so susceptible to mushy-headed thinking uh, that it can be difficult. Uh, there are other areas where, you know, reputation and performance seem to be in conflict. Uh, there are a lot of people in the media that just offer, serve up poor analysis, yet they have a great reputation. Uh, and again, like the political consultants who never win, you have people that go out there and make predictions and in the media and they're never right. And yet they seem to keep hanging around. They keep hanging around and getting, getting good jobs. You have people who have, uh, um, done committed wrongdoing in so many different ways and yet they get these media jobs and we're supposed to listen to them for some reason uh it's kind of bewildering you know i think of ray lewis quite frankly when you talk about sports why do i care what ray lewis with his sordid background possibly thinks about anything in football it's very it's bewildering um and so anyway you have these people with strange backgrounds or disconnects from uh, from common sense and reality, and yet they become analysts and and get uh, um, uh, get uh, nice paychecks. Um, the entertainment world, um, there there are plenty. And again, what we're talking about here are the exceptions. I want to drive that home that point home. But there are certainly plenty of lousy directors who keep getting jobs to direct movies. Um, there are people who have mismanaged massive entertainment franchises. I think of uh, two of my favorites, Star Trek and Star Wars, along the way uh, over the years that have been mismanaged badly at various times. Um, and then there's also that tied into all this, whether, and it goes to largely uh, the directors and people managing a lot of these franchises. You know, but but it's not just franchises; individual films as well, where where you have huge gaping holes in plots. Uh, for example, movies where you're spending you know 150, 200 million, even more to make a movie, and yet you can't manage to produce a movie that doesn't have glaring holes. Uh, it's just again, that's bewildering. I think it is the exception, but it's bewildering. When we come to sports, right? And I think um, there are some sports is an area that even more so one would expect performance to be the gauge, right? Performance based management, if you want to say, right? In sports. Yet every once in a while, you get these bewildering situations where it doesn't hold up. But let me, let me backtrack. Like, you know, if you're a player, if you're hitting 200, you're not going to last very long in baseball. Um, if you are a goalie in hockey and you keep, uh, you know, you can't stop the puck, you're not going to last too long in net. Um, again, if you're, if you're a basketball player who, um, 
can't make free throws, can't make shots, you know, I mean, can't play defense, all these things, right? Well, defense isn't a big deal in the NBA, but anyway, I digress. Um, you're not going to last long, right? Uh, football, you're a quarterback, you throw, you throw more interceptions than touchdowns, for example, uh, over an extended period of time over the years, you're not going to last very long. Now this brings us to coaches and, uh, and my, uh, frustration right now with the Vikings. I am a Vikings fan, a longtime Vikings fan. Fran Tarkenton made me a Vikings fan as a young, as a child. And, uh, so you have my coach, Mike Zimmer, right? And um, I'm bewildered by this guy. I'm annoyed because I'm a Vikings fan, right? Uh, if you don't know it at this point, when I'm recording this, the Vikings are one and three in the uh, 2021 season. Now, I'm not basing any of this on just one season. So let's take a look at at Zimmer because coach. Here's an example I think of the exception but it's a glaring one where performance is so disconnected from reputation. Mike Zimmer has a, quite frankly, a great reputation amongst the football media analysts and so on, right? They're they're quick to sing his praises. Um, But, you know, he's been uh, Viking, Minnesota Vikings head coach. He's in his eighth season now, right? So let's look at the details. Does the, reputation lineup with the performance. So first off, the question is, what are your performance measures, right? What are you going to measure a head coach by? Um, and I think there's, there's a few, right? You have wins and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, why that may be somewhat misleading, which takes us to winning seasons and then to play. Uh, how many times have you made the playoffs? What's been your performance in the playoffs? And my goodness, how many Super Bowls have you made and how many Super Bowls have you won? Sore spot for we Vikings fans. So Zimmer, um, if you look at his record at this point, again, we're four games into the 2021 season as I'm talking about this. He has 65 wins, 50 losses, and one tie, right? For a 565 winning percentage. You're like, well, 65-50, you know, a winning coach. Is he a winning coach, though? Because it really only takes one stupendous season, maybe two, right, Um, to offset, to make you look like a a winning coach, even if your other seasons aren't so hot. And that really is the case with Mike Zimmer. So that's why I think winning seasons is a better gauge of wins. Now, winning seasons, uh, Mike Zimmer gets... Suddenly, his his uh, his performance uh, drops dramatically, right? So you have seven full seasons coming into this season. Um, how many winning seasons were there out of those seven? Well, there were three that are clear-cut winning seasons. 2015, he was 11 and five as Vikings head coach. 2017, 13 and three, and then 2019, 10 and six. Now, so three out of seven, right? Uh, There's another season in there where uh, they were eight, the Vikings were eight, seven, and one. Okay? So it was a tie. Uh, So technically, that's a winning season, but it's not so hot. You know, I would say it's more like a 500 season, but okay. You know, let's give them four out of seven then. Four out of seven, eh. Um, 
other season, like the first season, he was seven and nine. In 2016, he was eight and eight. And there was 2018 where he was eight, seven, and one, as I mentioned. Um, and then in 2020, Zimmer's Vikings were seven and nine, right? So I'm not, and, and now this year so far, they're one and three. Now there are 17 games now in an NFL season. And if uh, the Vikings turn it around, March into the playoffs, and my goodness, win a Super Bowl, then I will take back everything I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, But uh, right now, it looks like the Vikings are on the way to a losing season. So let's assume it's a losing season, unfortunately. So that means out of eight seasons, uh, there would be three clear-cut winning seasons. Yeah, wow, man, Why? where's this reputation coming from? Right? The performance isn't there. And that's okay. He's made the playoffs three times out of seven full seasons. Big deal. Less than half. Okay. Um, first time, one game, they were one and done. Second time, 2017, Case Keenum to Stefan Diggs and the Minneapolis Miracle uh, got them a win. Um, and then they, they lost in the next game. Uh, and then 2019, they won a game and then they folded. Uh, in the next game. By the way, the, yeah, the, the game after the Minneapolis Miracle, they just didn't show up. That This speaks to what a coach does, right? They won this dramatic game. I would argue probably the greatest win, most exciting win in Minnesota Vikings history. And then they collapsed in the next game. Uh, pretty much the same thing in 2019, right? So he's two and three in the playoffs. Again, right? Not exactly much to be impressed about here. And then certainly we haven't seen or gotten a whiff of, uh, well, can't say we haven't gotten, we, we have not been to the Super Bowl uh, since the 1970s, actually. So we could extend this analysis to other Vikings coaches, but for now we're just talking about um, coach Zimmer. So where's, you know, it, it's kind of weird because he earned a rep, the reputation of being a good defensive coach Going back, I believe, with the Cincinnati Bengals. That's fine. I don't. I don't really care about that, right? Because that's that was a different job with a different team. The performance here, um, performance measures should be very clear, right? Um, I would say winning seasons rather than wins. Uh, how many times have you made the playoffs? How have you done in the playoffs? Hey, did you win a Super Bowl? He hasn't measured up on any of these. It's bewildering how. Um, this is an example of a person who earned and perhaps really truly earned it as a wonderful defensive coach and then got this head coaching job. That's fine, right? This is how it works. Um, and now we're into the eighth season of what winds up being a very mediocre record, uh, in the regular season and in the playoffs. So here's a case of, again, one of those exceptions, but for me as a Vikings fan, it's a glaring, annoying, angering (laughs) exception of of performance and reputation being at odds, right? Mike Zimmer, great reputation. Mike Zimmer, mediocre at best performance as a head coach. So, you know, I, I think it pays to remember that that reputations, first off, must be earned, right? And you earn it through performance. They can be lost because you can do something quite well and then move on to something else and not do it very well. 
as in Coach Zimmer. Or you can do something that, hey, I used to do it well, or I hit a home, you know, I hit it once or twice, and then I've consistently fallen short. Um, but it's critical for any organization to to not have this detachment, right? Um, it should be about it's not about reputation um, cut loose from performance, right? The reputation should spring from the performance. Um, that's the key, right? And for your organization to better work that way. Um, you, you, so whether you're a manager, whether you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, and quite frankly, whether you're gauging someone else or your own performance. And it always pays to sit back and look at what you're doing and are you doing it well and so on. Make your measures of performance clear uh, and then make your decisions accordingly. Pretty straightforward stuff, but the exceptions often bewilder me, including the Minnesota Vikings and coach Mike Zimmer. Hey, I think it's time uh, to give Zimmer the boot uh, and let's give somebody else a shot uh, in the Minnesota Vikings uh, case. Um, you know, it, listen, I, I don't like saying this. As a fan, I want Mike Zimmer to succeed. That means the Vikings have succeeded. And as a business owner, as a manager, you want everyone you hire, for example, you work with to succeed, right? You don't want to go through the whole process of hiring someone, right? And then coming to realize that they just don't measure up in terms of their performance and you have to move on eventually. Those are very tough decisions. Look at what's happening. You know, this is not an easy decision for an organization uh, like the Minnesota Vikings in terms of their head coach, right? We we cavalierly talk about, well, oh, you get rid of the head coach, bring somebody else in. That is a major change to your organization. It's essentially taking your CEO and booting him and bringing someone else in. So you want to... Um, you want to give everyone the fullest opportunity to succeed. You want them to succeed, but when their performance doesn't measure up and your organization, your career, whatever is suffering, you have to make the hard decisions. And that's the bottom line. So, Hey folks, thanks for listening. Uh, your feedback and suggestions are always welcome. Please check out my various endeavors and books, uh, including, you know, some columns over at keatingfiles.com. Uh, my other podcast, Free Enterprise in Three Minutes. Also, The Daily Dose of Disney. Speaking of Disney, you can go to, over to DisneyBizJournal.com for various news, analysis, commentary, and so on. Uh, my books, nonfiction books, uh, Behind Enemy Lines, a collection of essays. Uh, also, Free Trade Rocks. Those are my two most recent nonfiction books. You can get those uh, at Amazon.com in paperback and for the Kindle. Or you can get signed books over at RayKeatingOnline.com. And don't please don't forget about my novels. I'm up to 15 Pastor Stephen Grant thrillers and mysteries. We've gotten great feedback and reviews on these books. I enjoy writing them. I hope that you've started to read them and enjoy reading them. And if you haven't, please dive in. Um, go over to Amazon.com. Um, you can get all the Pastor Stephen Grant thrillers and mysteries there again in paperback and for the Kindle. Or again, you can go over to RayKeatingOnline.com and get signed books. So please check all of that out. Thanks for your support, and God bless. <laughs>